I want you to think about this. Have you ever met somebody who intentionally placed themselves in some of the most harsh, distraught, testing situations or scenario for you? Have you ever done that for someone? To where you say, I will sacrifice myself for you. And I'm not talking about sacrifice and what we consider sacrifice of today. I'm talking, you know, how we say, oh, I'm sacrificing my time, my money. You know, I give this person this and that and whatever, whatever, whatever. And I get that. And I'm not saying that it's not a form of sacrifice, but I'm talking about a true sacrifice, a sacrifice to where you are literally giving your all so that someone else would be saved. Someone else would be delivered. Someone else would be free. Someone else would feel good about the possibilities of waking up another day. When Jesus was tested in the wilderness, he willingly put himself in the position to sacrifice, to go through some of the most craziest forms of weakness that any human can endure so that we can, number one, know that we have a savior who empathizes with us. Number two, that we know that there's always a way of escape. Number three, it knows that Jesus is always there. He understands our issues. He understands what we have been through. He is the high priest that literally intercedes on our behalf. He is there standing in the gap. Jesus has done so much more than what we have realized. And I'm realizing this as the Lord is beginning to open my eyes in scripture study. But as we wrap up this series, The Sun Without Sin, on today, I want us just to have a reflective moment of how beautiful and how amazing it is that our all-powerful, all-knowing God sent his son so that we can have eternal life and that we can have joy and peace here on earth. Let's talk. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back, everyone. Thank you so much for joining me again here over here on Conquering Me podcast, where we talk about the joys of developing a personal relationship with Christ. And our personal scripture is found in Philippians 4 and 13. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And the truth is we can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, but the, the, the focus is on Christ, right? The focus is on what he has already done and what God is calling us to do. Um, we are wrapping up this wonderful series about the temptations of Jesus. And the Lord had me to title it, The Son Without sin. And in the beginning, I talked about how as, uh, as as a kid in the church, I really didn't understand the difference between temptation and sin. I felt like if you were being tempted by something, that there was something wrong within you, that there, you still had sin. But truthfully, we all will be tempted. There's all forms of temptation and we will deal with temptation till the day we die. 
I just need to put it out there. We will not have a day to where the enemy is not going to throw something out there for us to fall, stumble, fall astray, uh, repeat bad habits, whatever the case is, there's always going to be something because there is a spiritual war that is happening for us. And here's the truth. The more you know about what is happening in the spirit realm, meanings in the heavens and what's going on. And truthfully, I don't know how to fully articulate it. That's why I have not really gone into a lot of depths of that topic because I am still learning. Um, and I truly believe that we need to be students first of the word of God, student first of whatever path God has taken us down before we get on a, uh, on a stage, whatever that stage is, and begin to talk about certain things that we have not really set under and listen and ask the Lord to give understanding and clarity. Now, here's the thing. If you didn't think you know about me um, from personal or even from just listening to me, I always like to put little caveats in here because God is whole. I, I see God as a complete circle. So there's always another side, right, to wisdom, to knowledge and understanding. But as we grow in this and as we gain more understanding, there is going to be more attacks on a spiritual level. It is not just going to be your emotions out of whack or whatever the case may be. You may feel like, oh, I'm just dealing with a lot of anxiety today or whatever the case is. Sometimes it is a spiritual attack. And then sometimes God is allowing you to go through a season of testing in the sun without sins and that, you know, how God had me to phrase it. We see where the Holy Spirit led him to the wilderness to be tempted. And as we wrap this up, I want us to understand that we will go through seasons of wilderness. What does seasons of wilderness look like? Seasons of wilderness looks like darkness. It looks like um, you're alone. It can look like a form of depression. It can look like uh, a a, a I guess you could say you can you feel like maybe you're being misunderstood. No one is walking with you. There's a lot of great sacrifice. And here's I want us to understand this. When you are being tested and God sends you into a place of wilderness or, or, or a place of really transforming who you are, you are submitting to the will of God. And there is a difference when you are going through things and it's through the submission of the Lord. Like you're saying, God, I am doing this for you. I, I'm I reminded of a scenario when I was in college. And I was at this point in my life to where I just really, really, really wanted to do things the way that God was calling me to. I, I was starting to walk more uh, serious about my walk with Christ. I became more diligent. A lot of the stuff that I was doing before, um, I really was asking God to help me with it because I know it wasn't of him. Um, I know I wasn't doing the things that he was calling me to do. And, and as you know, I was doing I was out there. I was kicking it with this dude, that dude, whatever it was. I was just doing, according to the world, having a lot of fun, right? But at the end of the day, I knew that I wanted to have a relationship with the Lord that did not have all of the foolishness tied into it. Now, 
in that season, I did learn so much about God's grace and mercy. And I continue to learn about his grace and mercy because I continue to see how he loved me and he continued to be there for me and did not throw me away when according to the church, I was not living a life according that was pleasing unto God. I felt like growing up in the church, if you did anything that was a sin or anything that was displeasing, like God removed his love, his hand, his, his kindness, you know, you were no longer saved, but the Lord really had to teach me not just through experience, number one, which was a blessing because I felt his power and his presence so strong, but I also, uh, through scripture, God began to give me understanding, but I know in college was a season of a lot of testing for me. Because I said to the Lord, I said, Lord, I'm serious about your will. I'm I'm about doing what you've called me to do. I need you to really show me how to walk this, right? How to do this thing you called me to do, whatever the call is, right? Eh, Whatever that thing is. I just want to be where you are. I just want to do what you say. I want to feel your presence. I want to know you. And I remember when I really started to understand long-suffering I begin to understand how to bridle my tongue. I begin to understand what it's like for your flesh to die. I was coming out of uh, um, the church where I was going to. It was a very small church at the time. And, <laughs> and we were leaving out. And I remember somebody said something so out of pocket to me. And everything inside of me wanted to go off. But... Because I was praying and fasting, I knew that my flesh had to die. The Lord began to have me to understand in this season what it means to walk after him and choose to submit my body over to him, choose to submit my words and all the things over to him, things that I thought I I controlled. I had to submit that over to him. And I remember just standing by my car and two of my friends, they were getting a car. And I was like looking at them to my homegirls. I was like, can we just get in the car? Please, I'm ready to go. And one of my good friends, who's still my best friend today, one of my best friends to this day, he said, he looked at me. He was like, Jen, I looked at you. and It was like, I could literally see your flesh dying. And I, I, we just laughed later, but I told him, I said, look, I know I'm in this season to where I feel like the Holy Spirit has me arrested. That was the best way I could say it. The Holy Spirit has me in this place where I cannot do what I normally want to do. And I think about Jesus in the wilderness. None of us will be tested on that level of Jesus. None of us will be tested in the ways that he has gone through. We are able to look at him as the perfect example of how to walk this walk on how to do the things that God has called him to do. But we will never, how do I say this? Because I don't want to misconstrue um, our walk, nor diminish what God is saying, nor diminish what our walk is. Okay, what's coming to me is this. There was unfortunately, it's a very unfortunate event about a few weeks ago, I believe. Uh, It hit the news of this pastor uh, from the continent of Africa who decided to do a 40 days 
40 day, 40 night fast the way Jesus did. And this is what happened in the wilderness. Now, remember this story is found in Matthew. I want to I say Matthew four. And it's also found in Luke when Jesus was uh, sent to the wilderness to fast for 40 days and 40 nights. Now, the fasting that Jesus did, he had no water and no uh, food. Uh, a pastor decided that he wanted to do exactly what Jesus did. No water and no food. Now, I do know of people, um, including my own pastor, who have done a long fast, but they still drink, but he still drank water. Our body still needs water. And so when I say that we cannot sacrifice or do the things on the level of Jesus, it is a level of humility to let us know that we should strive to be like Christ, but we cannot be Christ. And unfortunately, what happened with his pastor, he did the fast like Jesus, meaning he did a 40 days, 40 night, no water and no food. His body began to shut down. His family was begging for him to begin to eat, like, please drink something. But unfortunately, he didn't make it. I think on day 38 or 39, he passed away. Um, and he was a younger pastor. And so this is when humility and wisdom walks in. So this is when I say that we can never be on the level of Christ, but we strive to be like him. I cannot be Christ. I can strive to be like him. Our job is that when we study the word of God and we read the stories of Christ, we say, Holy Spirit, teach me how do I apply this in my life? Now, the temptations and the wilderness that we go through, it was, if we go back and look at it in Matthew 4, it starts off and says the spirit led him to be tested. There are going to be seasons in your life to where God will lead you to be tested and you will feel like you're in the wilderness. You will feel alone. You will feel like no one understands you. You will feel like sometimes like God, where you at in this thing. Now, Jesus understood why he was there. And here's the truth. When we go through our wilderness, we don't even know why we're there. Not all the time. You know, we're like, okay, God, you sent me here. Your girl ready to be done. And that's the thing. I'm like, did Jesus know that he was supposed to be there for 40 days, 40 nights? Was it like pre-planned? Or he just endured? Because a lot of times when we are going through things, we don't know how long we will be there. So it does feel like a wilderness. We feel like things are closing in. We feel like we can't see the light. We feel like, okay, when is this ever going to end? But Jesus always gives us a perfect example of patience and waiting on the Lord. Jesus gives us a perfect example of enduring hardship and enduring. And then if you faint not, there will be a reward for you. And even after the temptation, my mother-in-law, she told, she told me that she said, um, she said, I- I'm going to tell you this. Anytime someone gets off a of fast, you better be ready for the enemy to come and test you. Anytime when you have said, God, I, you have declared, I'm going to pray and I'm going to fast for X amount of time, whatever that time frame is. Be prepared to be tested. Now, what we discussed in the, in the last podcast, the Lord allowed me to go even different routes that I was, I, I wasn't anticipating, you know, I studied and the Holy Spirit began to give me revelations on things that I was not aware of. But really a lot of theologians say the three temptations represent this. The first temptation represents the lust of the flesh. So think about it. Jesus just came off the fast. And the first thing he hits him with was turn this stone into bread. Okay. That's an immediate temptation. So the lust of the flesh, 
right? But here's the thing. If I eat this thing, if I eat this thing, who am I giving glory and honor to? Am I turning this thing over because the enemy is tempting me? And here's the thing, and I'm going to say this, I'm going to be honest and, and transparent. Like I'm in a season right now where I know God is transitioning me and my husband and I for to do a lot of things. And I had to understand through prayer studying and through really just uh, seeking wise counsel that whenever the it, whenever I have this desire or this overwhelming sense of rushing the process, let me do things my own way. Let me fall into, well, I know God is saying build it like this, but I see a quick route over here. Ah, because that's easy and I could turn it, I could flip it, I could make it happen, right? That's the lust of the flesh because I'm trying to hurry up and meet a need for myself. But the problem is that way does not glorify God. Everything we do needs to glorify God. Everything. And I know I can hear somebody right now saying, sis, it ain't that deep. Sis, like you going too hard. Like, I don't think it's that serious, but it is. Everything I do has to glorify God. Now, will we be perfect perfect in that? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. We will not be perfect in that. We're going to drop the ball so many times. We're going to be messy. We're going to sit there and do something that we know we should not have done. And then there's some things that we're going to do that we didn't even realize that we're not supposed to do. But the Holy Spirit brought it to our memory and was like, oh, when you did that, that wasn't me. We're like, oh, that was for me. That was for my flesh. That was for my benefit. That wasn't for God. So we always thank God for his grace and his mercy and his compassion and his love. And how he continues to love us, how he continues to shape in us, how he continues to walk with us, how he continues to never leave us nor forsake us. Because one of the things that we can really do and harm ourselves with is having this um, mindset. And it's something that to where I struggle with of saying I should be here by now, whatever here is, I should be in a better place by now. But. I know that if I don't let go of that mindset, I will always be in these vicious cycles. So I have to relax and say, God, even me being present at this moment, teach me how to glorify you. Teach me how to rest in you. The temptations of Jesus is far more than what we give it credit for. There's so much depth to it. But one thing I want us to do specifically is take a moment and reflect on the humanity of Christ. When he decided to let go of all human basic needs, shelter, food, water, comfort, money, love, uh, companionship, all of these things that we feel as humans that we need on a day-to-day basis. He let go of all of that stuff to sit there and endure what it's like to be without all of these things for 40 days and 40 nights and then come out to be tested by the tempter himself. 
to test various parts of what us as believers, as humans will go through. Wow. Can we just give credit for the love of Jesus? I know, I know we preach a lot and teach a lot. A lot of the messages that unfortunately are going around and now about today is about how to get your money, how to go ahead and come up in life and how great you are and all the type of stuff. Here's the thing. I'm not here to knock any of that stuff. But can we take time just to reverence the love and compassion of our Savior? What he submitted himself to for our sake. So that he can say, when I tell you to cast your cares upon me because I careth for you, it is because I understand what you've been through. The wilderness will make you feel like no one understands, which is a lie. Even if you don't find people in your immediate circle who can who is able to articulate what is happening, you know that you have a savior that understands everything that you have been through. That understands every trial, every tribulation. He understands what that feeling is. He understands the mind battles. He understands the temptations. He understands all of that stuff. Now, did he sin? No. This is why he is the son without sin. But he understands what it's like to be tempted. Because we will never, never have to deal with temptation. Can you imagine that? That's what I said in the beginning of this. Think about it. Have you ever placed yourself in a position to be tempted like that on somebody else's behalf to where you just endured? You didn't react. You didn't react. You didn't give into it, but you just endured. You endured for somebody else's sake, not for your benefit. Think about it. Jesus wasn't doing this for his benefit. It was Jesus. He was sitting up there chilling. Him, God, the Holy Spirit, they were in there good. All the angels, <laughs> they were in there living it up. But God said, son, you got to go down there. Because I need, I need you to restore my creation back to me so they can be my children again. And those who choose me, they will be mine. I already know who they are, but I need them to know who they are. I need them to know that I've called them. I need to know that I've chosen them. I need them to know that I will not place anything on them more than what they can bear. I need to know that their strength is found within me, but they have to see it through you. They have to see it through you. This is why I want to say at the beginning of second season or maybe at the end of the first season, I had to change like the Holy Spirit. Yes, everything that I, I, every podcast that I did was spirit led. But the Lord began to shift me of saying that I need my children to know my son, their big brother, the first. I need them to know who he is. Because unfortunately, we're not taught about Jesus. Jesus is not explained to the depth of who he is and what he has done here on earth and how it all is encompassing. It is all ties in. That's why I see it. I see it, for me, I see it as a full circle. There is no separation from him, God, and the Holy Spirit and the kingdom of heaven. All of this is it's all together. All these things are together, but I have to see it as such. 
But it's like God has been humbling me. And, and really, I don't know if I'm fully articulating what's in my heart, in my mind right now. And I really am praying in my inner self and saying, Holy Spirit, give me the words to show and explain the love of Christ. And I know that we talk a lot about the cross and what happened at the cross, which we all should remember and we should never forget. But do we know what happened before the cross? Do we know what happened, what it's like to be an authority, to be uh, the son of God? And you know who you are, but yet you have all power, but yet you still have to submit yourself to the authority of your parents. And my mind is going back to when he had to, when his mama told him, turn this water into wine. And he said, woman, it's not my time. But yet, because he was in the season of submitting, he had to submit. Some of us don't like even submitting to people because we know that they're, that we're smarter or better than them. Jesus did it. When his mother told him to come out of the temple and he was studying. And he said, woman, why are you looking for me? <laughs> why are you looking for me? She said, boy, if you don't come on here. Of course, this is all Jennifer paraphrasing. It's not biblical. This is not verbatim. I'm a mama because I can hear myself. My, I wish my son, my one of my kids would tell me, mom, what you looking for me? Excuse you. You better get out of here. Look. You better get out that doggone temple and let's go. But I'm saying all this to say, have we missed our blessing because we have not seen Christ? We know him as our savior. We know him as the one who died for us. We know him as the one who really sacrifice and he got up with all power. We talk about it every resurrection Sunday, every year. We talk about it as a moment to where Christians around the world are saying we have declared that we're going to praise God for what he has done on the cross for sacrifice in his life. But what about before that? What about all the lessons and the details that are in everything? Have we taken time to question even the stories that we were told as children, those who grew up in the church about Jesus? so that we can learn more of him. Did we even, I, I, I was sitting, I know I said this in one podcast about how for a long time, I didn't even read the book of uh, Revelations because I was so nervous about it because they made it so scary growing up about rapture and the end times. But when you read Revelation, it is Jesus talking. John is having this whole encounter with Jesus and his vision and he's writing about what Jesus is saying to the church. And it's not all fire and brimstone when he's writing these letters. He's saying some good things and he tells them, hey, this is my problem, though, too. I see you've done this good, but also I have a problem with this. But if you follow me, if you do this, I'm going to give you a reward. This is what it is. Let me let me help some of it. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Whenever there is a word of correction, there whenever there is a word of warning, there is also behind it a word of hope and restore and restoration. Whenever I read the word of God. You can look at the book of Joel. You can look at so many prophecies throughout that were prophets from the Lord. Not prophets who were pagan prophets, but prophets of the Lord. And Jesus is a prophet. He's a teacher. He's our savior. There's so many titles to Jesus. So many hats that he wore. But when we do things according to God, there's always a point of restoration. So even when we go through the wilderness, there was always a point of restoration. 
David said, yea, though I walk through the valleys of the shadows of death, I will fear no evil for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Here's the restoration. Thou prepareth a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Thou anointeth my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell. There's the promise. There's a reward in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. When God sends you through trials and tribulations and testing, there is always a way of victory. This series about the son without sin, Jesus being tempted. First of all, it showed us our humanity. Jesus's humanity, excuse us, excuse me. It also showed, showed me how much that Jesus related to us on so many levels. How compassionate. This is why he's so, oh, so gracious and so merciful. You see it. And then you see, oh, wow. We really do not have a savior who cannot empathize with us. He legit empathizes with us. He understands us. This is why he said, take my yoke upon me and learn of me. Take my yoke upon the yoke in the Bible is what kept two ox together. So imagine some type of mechanism that kept their necks together to have them to walk in the same uh, pace. Some of the things that we are carrying and the burden of it is too heavy. And Jesus like, hey, my yoke is easy. My burden is light. Because why? He's carrying the load. Jesus is carrying the load because he has done so much for us. What would it look like if the majority of Christians around this world had a desire to know Jesus in his fullness? In his fullness. Not just in the pardon of your sins. Not just as your healer, your redeemer, your restorer. But I'm like in all aspects of who Jesus is. I can't think of where exactly it is, but my mind is, I want to say it's in Romans. I know it's in the New Testament. I wish I would have pulled this scripture up, but um, there's a scripture where it says basically that Jesus is the representation of, a, of the invisible God, the God that we cannot see. But the accounts of Jesus walking this earth is where God is saying, I've given you me in the package of him. And some of us are missing the fullness of life because we are looking for what we can gain from God, meaning the blessings, but yet we don't even truly understand the promise. The number one promise, it comes in the package of Jesus. Now there's promises throughout the Bible, throughout the Bible. But then every Bible, everything in there, there is a lesson for us, but then also there's a way for us to tie it back to Jesus. My heart's desire is that the Lord matures me in the place to where I'm able to fully articulate this love and this curiosity that I have for Christ. I've gotten to a point in my life where 
I truly don't even want to hear any more messages about the things of this world, meaning um, like, how can you be a great person and all that type of stuff? And once again, I'm not knocking those messages. I'm just at that point where I've heard those messages and they've done well for a short period of time, but it was not enough to feed my soul. And I remember having this moment with God where I just was, I was filled with so much anxiety and worry. And I said, God, and I was praying and I said, God, I need you to release me from this. Release me from this. I don't want this anymore. I'm tired of dealing with this. So I was just praying and I was talking to the Holy Spirit and I was, I was asking the Holy Spirit, give me the words to say so that as if, because you know what's in the depth of me so I can release it unto my father. I need this. And so I'm praying, praying, and I'm looking at scriptures and I'm praying. And then the Lord began to say, there is a void in your life. And I said, well, what's the void? You know, that's how I talk to God. Well, what is it? He said, you don't have Jesus the center of your life. I was like, oh, wait a minute. I'm sorry, what? All of these things, and I began to notice, and I was like, well, I'm saved. Love the Lord, filled with the Holy Ghost, all this stuff. Like, you know, I'm like, well, God, you know, I've been rocking with you for a minute. He said, but he's not the center. So every time I was seeking and searching for something, I was searching everywhere else, but I did not take the time out to think that Jesus has the fullness of what I need. We say that Jesus is the answer, but do we believe that Jesus is the answer? And so that's the thing I had to realize, okay, I say that he is the answer, but do I seek the word of God to see how he handled this? How did he move in this? God, what does your word say? We say these things, but our actions may be saying something else. So when the Lord revealed this to me, I was like, oh, Jesus, you're not the sender. I said, Lord, forgive me. I need you to become the sender. I need you to fill this void. And I knew I had to change. And I know that during that process, yeah. Changing my mindset, changing the habits. That means I, I can't go to Google first. I can't go to uh, talking to other people first or whatever the case is. I had to turn and say, God, I have to submit myself over to you. I'm going to be real. Even before uh, recording this podcast, I was so distracted because I was feeling some type of way. So I said, you know what? I'm just going to do a deep dive on social media just to kill time. No reason for it. I knew what it was, but I was choosing. Not to ask God, God, what is going on within me? Because in that, I was feeling hopeless. And then the Holy Spirit is now telling me, well, why were you feeding that hopelessness? Because it's a part of me that has to let go. And I realize that God is evolving me and he's changing me into the person that I know he's called me to be and the person that he has already said that I am before I was in my mother's womb and the person that he has shown me in visions. And sometimes your flesh, not sometimes, thank you, Holy Ghost, 
all the time, your flesh never wants to submit to the spirit of God. The Bible says, and I believe it was Paul who said, even when I do good, evil is always around me. There is a war between the spirit and the flesh. And Jesus went on a 40 day, 40 night fast to kill the flesh. And let us know that even in the weakest points of your flesh, your spirit will always remain strong if you stay near me. Because how Jesus combated those temptation was through the word of God. Because we talked about in the other ones, if you guys wanted to get into detail, I'm just doing kind of like a wrap, a wrap up. But in those other ones, we break down eat temptation, what it represented, what's the revelation that the Holy Spirit gave us, how we can walk this thing through. But we saw how the enemy took scripture and used it against Jesus. And I told you all exactly where those scriptures were found. And so you can go and look for yourself. How amazing is that? So the flesh, the flesh never wants to do what God Desires, period, period. But through the Holy Spirit and through my willingness to be obedient, I can say to this mountain, be thy removed and it shall move. Your flesh does not determine you. Jesus was in a place to where he willingly went to the place to where most of us will never understand. But he said, I'm killing my flesh. But my spirit man is strong. So that when temptation comes, I'm going to tell y'all how to combat this thing, even though the flesh is weak. The spirit, because he said this to Peter, he said, when you are weak, I am made strong. I am made strong. It is a beautiful thing for us to understand how weak we are. We're not that strong. We're not that powerful. We're not that intelligent as we think we are. We're not that as in control as we think we are. We're not. And this is not to bash anyone or to make anyone feel bad. But we have to understand and see ourselves for who we are. Because if I can see myself exactly where I am, then I can stop praising myself and stop praising my flaws and stop hiding my flaws, hiding my insecurities. And I can begin to see Jesus. I prayed. I pray this prayer often. Lord, let me see you in all things. In all things, let me see you. I want to see you in the good, the bad, and different. I don't care what it is. I need to see you. Now I'm now my prayer is God, let me hear you in all things. Let me hear you in all things and let me know you in all things. I'm opening my mind and my spirit to the Holy Spirit on a different level than I've ever have. And the more and more we submit unto God and the more he shows us, the battles do become strong. But the reward is great. Whenever we feel like we have lost so much, please understand. He will restore so much. 
If you want to look at loss, a good book to read is Job. He lost everything. But what he was restored with, because he held on. The temptations that you go through in life just lets us know that you're living. (laughs) You're breathing. I encourage you not to fall into temptations. Because God always provides a way out. But even if you fall into temptation, you sin. You ask God for forgiveness. You repent, turn from it and see him. Allow the patience to have, allow patience to have her perfect work so that you may be complete, lacking nothing. Allow the word of God to soothe and strengthen your soul. So that you may know how to combat the enemy and combat temptation next time around. Oh, because he's going to come back. One thing he is, he is persistent. Allow yourself to grow in this walk with God. Allow yourself to be his child. What do children do? They trust. They ask questions. They follow. They do things wrong, but they go back and say, I'm sorry. They go back to the place where they know they are loved and covered. Allow yourself. And the Lord is having me on this point because I know I have placed too much pressure on myself. And we as children of God have placed too much pressure on ourselves. So some of us, what we're doing instead of running into the arms of our father, we are avoiding the pressures or we are living in a facade and now we're living in pride and judgment. We cannot do this without Christ. We cannot live life fully with his peace, his joy, his love, all of the things that he has promised us. The book, the Bible is full of promises, full of promises. I encourage you to be a student of the Bible. Just get into your word, read. Something stands out to you, research it, look it, look it up. Ask the Holy Spirit to come in as you read, give you revelation. How do I apply this? How do I walk this? How can this transform me? Let the word hit you first. I pray that you walk away really reflecting on the humanity of Jesus and the sacrifice of Jesus. And we are going to go deeper, deeper, deeper into Christ. As I study more and as the Holy Ghost give me revelation, I'm going to share it. And I'm praying that you all are praying for me and I pray and I am praying for you all. I am praying for you all that we have this desire to know Jesus in the fullness of who he is. To be able to articulate the love and the grace of Jesus, to be able to even articulate the humanity, but also his his supernatural powers, all of the things that encompass Jesus. And I know what I'm saying now is not necessarily giving him justice, but God knows my heart. And I hope you all hear my heart. That we become a people where we are so much about Christ. When people talk to us, there is no misunderstanding what we are about. And I'm going to end this on this. We are living in the day and age to where we have to be mindful of when people say, 
things that are not biblical, things that do not align with God, our God, the Lord of Lords, the King of Kings, the Prince of Peace, the God of Gods, right? All the titles that God is. We have to be mindful of these things because the enemy is consistently infiltrating our thoughts and our minds and even our belief systems. And my prayer is that we begin to open our eyes to the tricks of the enemy, but also open our eyes to our own ignorance. Our own ignorance. Let the Holy Spirit open your eyes. God, open my eyes. Open my eyes so that that we may see you. So that we may glorify you. So like always, I'm going to end in prayer. First one is for anyone who who wants to know Jesus. If you want to know Jesus, it's like, I didn't know that Jesus did so much for me. I didn't know he loved me so much. I didn't know he cared for me so much. I want to pray for you. And I want you to repeat after me, Lord, come into my life. I believe that you are the son of God. I believe that you died and rose for my sin. I repent. If you have said that, we are rejoicing. Heaven is rejoicing. God is so happy. We are so happy because another one has come in. His children, one of his children are back home. So we are happy. Please find a church group, a small group, something, someone to help you along the way so that you can continue to grow in your walk with Christ. And this last prayer is for all of us. My prayer is that we open our eyes. Allow the Holy Spirit to open our eyes to what is happening within the world. Holy Spirit, open our eyes to what is happening in the world and in our own lives. Allow us to see the beauty of who you are. Can we see Jesus in all things? Can we see him and know him differently? Expand our knowledge and our thought process of who God is. Expand our experiences of who God is. We are grateful for the generations before of how they have taught uh, the Bible and how they have taught God. But God, we have to discover you for ourselves. This is a personal journey. And we know that you will be with us always. It does not even matter if we deny you, if we accept you. You are always with us. Always, You said, lo, I am with you. David said, even if I make my bed in hell, you are with me. That's the type of God that you are. God, we thank you for being a God who never abandons us, a father who never leaves us, never forsakes us. For that alone, we want to stay by your side so that we can glorify you and learn more of you. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. I pray that you gained something out of this series. I hope that you heard my heart. I was feeling so much and my mind was going a thousand places, particularly in this one. But I pray that you have learned something. Please subscribe. Please share this. Leave reviews because my goal is to really start growing this podcast to get the word of God out there more so that the voices of God, those who desire to truly be about Jesus are being heard. There's so many other great podcasts and um, teachers and preachers around the world. And so let's just be praying for all leaders and all people. All right. Love you guys and speak to you next week.